While we have been primarily focused on news about COVID-19, the medical research world has continued on to find new and exciting breakthroughs in other areas of health and wellness. From the October-November 2020 AARP magazine, we meet some brave patients whose innovative treatments have led to advances in fighting diabetes, breast cancer, heart disease, lung disease, and other conditions. This piece was written by Sarah Mahoney, and it is titled, Saving Their Health and Ours. Yes, 2020 has been a dark time. The coronavirus crisis exposed plenty of cracks in our national health care system, and we lost far too many of our peers and loved ones to an out-of-control pandemic. But as we mourn the losses of this past year, there's reason for optimism, not just for an end to the current crisis, but for all of the innovations that have arrived in its wake. The growth in telemedicine and health apps has improved healthcare access for the most vulnerable among us, while manufacturers such as Ford and GM have shown that they can quickly retool to create medical equipment, exposing an opportunity for all companies to explore. So let's take a moment to recognize many of the recent breakthroughs in medical care, advances that may pave the way for a healthier, happier tomorrow for all of us, and to celebrate the heroic men and women who have helped to make these futuristic treatments a modern reality. And we start with a diabetes breakthrough, treating diabetes with islet cell transplants. Some medical breakthroughs come as lightning bolts, but Randy Fibbus-Castor has been riding the slow-moving train of islet cell transplants for an astonishing 15 years. For most of her life, Fibbus-Castor was called a brittle diabetic, which meant that her type 1 diabetes caused such severe swings in blood sugar levels that passing out was a frequent occurrence. I used to wear a lot of silver bangles on my arm so they could hear me when I fainted at work, she says. But since she had her islet cell transplant in 2005, followed by a bone marrow transplant 10 days later, and an additional islet cell transplant in 2010, that has all changed. She's been free from insulin injections for 10 years with a blood sugar score on the low side of normal. And she takes just two anti-rejection medications per day, very low for a transplant patient. That has made her a success story of the experimental procedure, which continues to be a major focus at the University of Miami's Diabetes Research Institute. Such transplants are used in other countries, and researchers are awaiting approval from the Food and Drug Administration, FDA, which is evaluating trial results. This is an area where the U.S. lags, says Jay Schuyler, M.D., Deputy Director of Clinical Research at the Institute. One hurdle for these transplants is finding more sources of insulin-producing cells. Currently, they come from cadavers and are in short supply. We're still limited by only 1,200 cadavers per year, he says. Researchers hope that embryonic or induced pluripotent stem cells will one day be a source of insulin-producing cells, making the treatment available to both type 1 and type 2 diabetics. Both of Phibus Castor's 2005 transplants came from the same cadaver donor and the 2010 procedure from another. 
Doctors attribute her exceptional recovery to a high tolerance of the required anti-rejection drugs, which can be an obstacle for many. She can't wait for the day the procedure is cleared for widespread use. I'm so happy this transplant has given me a second chance. And also on the horizon for a diabetes breakthrough, bariatric surgery can prevent diabetes in very obese people, BMI of 40 plus. Now data shows it may cause remission in type 2 diabetics with a BMI as low as 30, especially for those with recent onset. And we go to a breast cancer breakthrough. Aggressive multidisciplinary therapy to attack an especially dangerous early stage tumor. After 34 years of perfect mammograms, Cora Sheard, 66, got the call that women dread. She should come in for a retest. The retest in March 2018 led first to a sonogram, then a biopsy, then a diagnosis, then tears. Two of her five sisters had already had breast cancer, and she knew how scary it could be. After I got the call, I went into my manager's office, and we went down in the chapel and I prayed, she says. Adding to the fear, Sherd discovered that she had a type of cancer known as HER2-positive or ER-positive. About a quarter of all breast cancers are HER2-positive. These tumors have higher levels of a protein called human epidermal growth factor receptor 2, which tends to make them grow and spread faster than other breast cancers. Researchers had been studying this cancer subtype and had developed new treatment approaches, including an aggressive multidisciplinary therapy that was first proven beneficial in later stages of breast cancer. Several treatments are now available to women with advanced breast cancer, and some are expected to also be incorporated in the early setting, including new treatments that target HER2 explains Vered Stearns, M.D., director of the Women's Malignancies Program at the Kimmel Cancer Center at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore, which is where Sherd was being treated. First, Sherd got a lumpectomy, with doctors removing three lymph nodes as well as the tumor. Next came 20 sessions of chemotherapy followed by 15 rounds of radiation. The first session was the worst, and I was determined that chemo wasn't taking me down like that, Sherd says. So she began taking better care of herself, looking for ways to build up her immune system, including meditation classes, even something called sound meditation, along with Tai Chi and walking. Today, her cancer is in remission. Sherd continues to take one medication daily, anastrozole, which reduces the risk of her breast cancer coming back. Her doctors expect her to be on this drug for between 5 and 10 years. Sherd, who has since retired from her job as a clinical technician, couldn't be more grateful. Despite ongoing struggles with lymphedema, a common but painful complication of lymph node removal that required physical therapy. I just leaned into my faith, she says. My three daughters gave me such strength and support. I even did a mission trip down to Jamaica. And when I lost my hair, I decided to be the baddest chick with a bald head. Next, we have a prostate cancer breakthrough, an experimental drug combo that controls hormones linked to prostate cancer progression. 
In 2016, John Hamill developed intense back pain, and an MRI revealed tragic news. He had late-stage prostate cancer that had already begun to spread through his body. Because I'm a physician, I knew how devastating the diagnosis was. I was despondent. I didn't think I'd live a year. When his oncologist told him real treatment was available, treatment, not just palliative care, he was skeptical. Then he met someone who had a similar case but was symptom-free for three years. He allowed himself to be hopeful. At his oncologist's urging, Hamill joined a clinical trial led by Christopher Sweeney, MD, at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston. Because testosterone and other male hormones can fuel the growth of cancer cells, much research focuses on ways to either suppress the production of hormones or stop cells from receiving them. Sweeney's study did both, combining enzalutamide, an oral drug that blocks hormone reception, with testosterone-suppressing medication. The FDA-approved treatment may raise three-year survival rates by as much as 80%. Hamill, a psychiatrist, was living in Vermont and continued working throughout the trial, making regular trips to Boston for treatment. I watched my PSA, a protein created by the prostate that goes up when the organ is diseased, drop from 2,000 to 450 to 4, and then to undetectable for six months. That's where it is now. For Hamill, who says there is now no progression of his cancer, the trial has helped him start living, instead of focusing on his prognosis. When he and his wife found out one of their daughters was pregnant with their first grandchild, that changed everything. We knew we wanted to be a part of the baby's life and part of my daughter's life more than we were. So he found a new job in Seattle and the couple moved west. Besides spending time with their grandchild, they bought a sailboat, reigniting an old love of cruising. We had put our lives on hold and kept working in three-month intervals, he says, but we are so fortunate that I've had this sustained response that we just decided to do what we want. If the tumor starts to win out again, we'll deal with it. And also on the horizon in prostate cancer breakthroughs, by fusing a molecule that binds to a prostate-specific protein, scientists can spot tiny clusters of cancer in PET scans, leading to earlier detection of recurrences than were possible with conventional imaging. Now we go to vision loss. Retinal implants to restore sight impaired by age-related macular degeneration, or AMD. Anna Kuehl was scared. Ever since a diagnosis of dry macular degeneration in her late 40s, younger than most patients, she had been monitoring her sight using a special tool known as an Amsler grid. One day, a large black area appeared in her left eye, and she went back to her doctors at the University of Southern California for help. There, she discovered that a team of researchers was working on a promising treatment for her condition that involved stem cell-based implants. Even as she began taking the required immunosuppressant medication leading up to the surgery, she says, I wasn't scared anymore. I was looking forward to it. Surgeons implanted the tiny device, about the size of a human red blood cell, into the retinas in 15 patients, including Kuehl. 
Now that some participants have passed the key one-year mark with improving vision, the procedure has cleared the way for a larger clinical trial. The treatment uses an ultra-thin layer of specialized retinal cells to slow the progress of dry AMD. In some cases, the procedure actually improves vision. That's what happened to Kuehl. She can now read her watch and see her entire face in the mirror. Shortly after the surgery, I turned to my husband while we were watching TV and said, I could see all the faces. Doctors say FDA approval is about five years away. Also on the horizon, a refillable eye implant can deliver the AMD drug ranibizumab, eliminating the need for monthly injections. Heart disease breakthrough. Radiation therapy to reprogram deadly heart arrhythmias. When Bob Bartlett collapsed during an exercise class in 2007, fast-acting paramedics saved his life. But the event led him down a complicated road of heart procedures and surgeries, an implanted defibrillator and debilitating medication. And he was burdened by the constant knowledge that he could drop dead at any moment from his fast and abnormal heart rate, a condition called ventricular tachycardia. Once you know the feeling, Bartlett says, you know that if it continues, you'll fall like a tree, and you know you might die. The attacks, which trigger the defibrillator to begin shocking the heart back into proper rhythm, can occur multiple times a year. It feels kind of like a locker room punch to the chest, he says, of his VT attacks. Like Bartlett, many patients develop post-traumatic stress disorder from repeatedly having their heart shocked back into rhythm. And when his arrhythmia drug caused intensely painful neuropathy in his feet, he was ready to give up. I realized that if this became the new normal, I wasn't sure I could live with it. Then Bartlett learned about experimental work happening at Barnes Jewish Hospital in St. Louis where Washington University School of Medicine physicians were using radiation to ablate damaged heart tissue. The procedure remains investigational, so insurance may not cover it. Diagnostics took a week as doctors mapped out the faulty areas of Bartlett's heart, but the actual procedure took less time than the Chopin Sonata he had on his earphones, says Clifford Robinson, MD, professor of radiation oncology at Washington University a co-pioneer of the technique. Unlike a typical ablation, which can take six hours or more, the procedure is non-invasive. Doctors have now performed it on a number of people. One, a patient in her 80s, died within one month from causes that may have been unrelated to the surgery. The other patients, who had experienced numerous VT episodes in the weeks before the procedure, have found that their incidents have decreased measurably and in some cases have stopped altogether. Bartlett's are virtually non-existent, and so is his sense of dread. Also on the horizon, in a study of 420,000 Apple Watch users who wore an electrocardiogram patch, the smartwatch accurately warned about atrial fibrillation in more than one-third of the participants. And lastly, we have a lung disease breakthrough, a tiny valve implant that boosts breathing by helping damaged lungs work more efficiently. Jim Hogan's chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD, was getting worse, making it hard to finish his weekly golf games or even walk down the driveway. 
Lucky for him, his golf partner, a doctor, came across a journal article about Zephyr, a lung valve that was generating medical buzz in Europe. When the FDA cleared Zephyr for use in the U.S. in 2018, Hogan lobbied to get insurance coverage for the procedure. Traveling to Temple University Hospital in Philadelphia, the first U.S. center to use the valve to treat severe emphysema. After a few hurdles, his insurance company considered it investigational, and he had to appeal. He had the valve implanted in April 2019. It's a serious procedure with a device the size of a pencil eraser inserted via a bronchoscope. The one-way valve blocks air from invading the damaged part of the lungs, where it can get trapped and hinder breathing. The instant I woke up from anesthesia, I felt the difference, he says. It took 20 years to develop and gain approval for a treatment, says Gerard J. Kreiner, MD, director of the Temple Lung Center, where Hogan had his procedure. It's less invasive than other treatments, it costs less, and it improves exercise function and quality of life. Every year at the Cleveland Clinic Medical Innovations Summit, a list of the top 10 medical innovations for the next year is announced. The top 10 for 2021 were noted in a piece from the Cleveland Clinic Newsroom on October 6, 2020. And I hope we make it through all 10. Here, in order of anticipated importance, are the top 10 medical innovations for 2021. One, gene therapy for hemoglobinopathies. Hemoglobinopathies are genetic disorders affecting the structure or production of the hemoglobin molecule, the red protein responsible for transporting oxygen in the blood. The most common hemoglobinopathies include sickle cell disease and thalassemia, which combined affect more than 330,000 children born worldwide every year and more than 100,000 patients with sickle cell disease in the United States alone. The latest research in hemoglobinopathies has brought an experimental gene therapy, giving those who have the condition the potential ability to make functional hemoglobin molecules, reducing the presence of sickled blood cells or ineffective red blood cells in thalassemia to prevent associated complications. Two, a novel drug for primary progressive multiple sclerosis. In individuals with MS, the immune system attacks the fatty protective myelin sheath that covers the nerve fibers, causing communication problems between the brain and the rest of the body that can result in permanent damage or deterioration and eventual death. Approximately 15% of people with MS experience a disease subset known as primary progressive, characterized by gradual onset and steady progression of signs and symptoms. A new FDA-approved therapeutic monoclonal antibody with a novel target is the first and only MS treatment for the primary progressive population. Three, smartphone-connected pacemaker devices. Implantable devices like pacemakers and defibrillators deliver electrical impulses to the heart muscle chambers to contract and pump blood to the body. They are used to prevent or correct arrhythmias, heartbeats that are uneven, too slow, or too fast. Remote monitoring of these devices is an essential part of care. 
Traditionally, remote monitoring of this device takes place through a bedside console that transmits the pacemaker or defibrillator data to the physician. Though millions of patients have pacemakers and defibrillators, many lack a basic understanding of the device or how it functions, and adherence to remote monitoring has been suboptimal. Bluetooth-enabled pacemaker devices can remedy these issues of disconnection between patients and their cardiac treatment. Used in conjunction with a mobile app, these connected devices allow patients greater insight into the health data from the pacemakers and transmit the health information to their physicians. Number four, new medication for cystic fibrosis. Today, more than 30,000 people in the United States are living with cystic fibrosis, CF, a hereditary condition characterized by thick, sticky mucus that clogs airways and traps germs, leading to infections, inflammation, and other complications. CF is caused by a defective cystic fibrosis transmembrane conductance regulator, CFTR, protein. A class of drugs called CFTR modulators correct the protein's action, but medications developed prior to last year had only been effective in a subset of people with certain mutations. A new combination drug, FDA approved in October 2019, provides relief for patients with the most common CF gene mutation, F508DEL estimated to represent 90% of individuals living with the disease. Number five, universal hepatitis C treatment. Classified as a silent epidemic by the CDC, hepatitis C has emerged as a major public health issue in the US. Infection with the hepatitis C virus can lead to serious life-threatening health problems like liver failure, cirrhosis, and liver cancer. With no vaccine for the virus, patients have been limited to medication, but many treatments were accompanied by adverse side effects or only effective for certain genotypes of the disease. A new, approved, fixed-dose combination medication has vastly improved hepatitis C treatment. More than 90% effective for hepatitis C genotypes 1 through 6 the therapy represents an effective option for a wider scope of patients. Six, bubble CPAP for increased lung function in premature babies. Underweight and frail, babies born prematurely often require specialized care, including ventilation for those with infant respiratory distress syndrome, IRDS. For IRDS, infants are commonly administered surfactant during mechanical ventilation a practice that can cause lasting lung injury in preterm infants and contribute to the development of chronic lung disease. Unlike mechanical ventilation, B-CPAP is a non-invasive ventilation strategy, delivering continuous positive airway pressure to newborns to maintain lung volumes during exhalation. The oscillating, rather than constant, pressure plays a role in its safety and efficacy, minimizing physical trauma and stimulating lung growth when administered over a prolonged period. Seven, increased access to telemedicine through novel practice and policy changes. COVID-19 saw increased adoption of telemedical practices as clinicians needed to conduct patient visits online. 
an increasingly virtual care model and increased consumer adoption came by way of fundamental shifts in policy at both the government and provider level. Since March, state and federal regulators have moved quickly to reduce barriers to telehealth, understanding that these new tools can speed access to care while protecting healthcare workers and community members. These measures opened the floodgates for telehealth, allowing for new programs and the expansion of existing networks. 8. PARP Inhibitors for Prostate Cancer About one man in nine will be diagnosed with prostate cancer in his lifetime. While there has been progress in the last decade, the disease remains the second leading cause of cancer death among men in the U.S. PARP inhibitors, pharmacological inhibitors for cancer treatment, block proteins called PARP that help repair damaged tumor DNA in people with BRCA1 and BRCA2 gene mutations. Though known for their success in women's cancers, two PARP inhibitors have been demonstrated to delay the progression of prostate cancer in men with refractory cancer and DNA repair pathway mutations. Both were approved for prostate cancer in May 2020. Number nine, immunologics for migraine prophylaxis. Migraines affect more than 38 million people in the U.S., an estimated 12% of the adult population. For some time, multipurpose drugs like blood pressure medications, antidepressants, anti-seizure drugs, and Botox injections have been used to prevent attacks. However, not developed specifically for migraines, these methods have been met with mixed results. In 2018, new medications were developed to help head off migraine pain. The class of drugs works by blocking the activity of a molecule called calcitonin gene-related peptide, CGRP, which spikes during a migraine. Actively prescribed in 2020, this new FDA-approved class of medication is the first to be specifically designed for the preventive treatment of migraine marking a new era of migraine therapeutics. Lastly, we have number 10, vacuum-induced uterine tamponade device for postpartum hemorrhage. Characterized as excessive bleeding after having a baby, postpartum hemorrhage is a devastating complication of childbirth, affecting from 1 to 5% of women who give birth. The newest advancement is that of vacuum-induced uterine tamponade, a method that uses negative pressure created inside the uterus to collapse the bleeding cavity, causing the muscle to close off the vessels. And there is a little bit more about that tenth, that tenth new innovation, but unfortunately, that is where we're going to have to leave it. And I don't know why those are innovations for 2021 when it sounds like they've already arrived, but who am I? That's the way the Cleveland Clinic does it, and they're pretty darn good. So I thank you for tuning in to Sound Body today. Please stay well and come back next week for more healthy living ideas.